Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to episode 157 of Geek Time Radio. I have with me this week... Ross! How's it going, Dave? All right, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I had a bit of a, a rough week. I was actually cancelled by Fox, but it's okay because <laughs> it's okay because NBC have picked me up, so we're going to be all right. <laughs> yes, it's it's been an insane week. I said just before we came on air, I started writing on Friday night and basically didn't finish. Friday night, I was sat in front of the computer and it was about nine o'clock and I was sort of thinking, oh, you know, I might go and watch some TV. One o'clock <laughs> in the morning, I ended up finishing, getting away from the computer because every time I finished a story something new came up Um, it has of course been the week before upfronts in America so it's just been insane um, but before we get into that, what have you read up to? Uh, yeah, so um, I, we, we, my wife and I watched Gotham season one and two. Um, ah, yes. When it when it came out on, I think it was on five. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, five. five. Yeah. And then uh, we sort of left it alone because, it, as you know, it was sort of went off a bit, and then it's, yeah. now it's come back. And so when it's come back, we sort of said, "Oh, we should really, we should really pick that up." Uh, luckily, season. Uh, three was on Netflix so we watched all of season three and we've just started season four so we're a, a few weeks behind but um, I forgot how much I really enjoy Gotham um, yeah. it's really good yes it is a great show has been renewed uh, we'll, but uh, we'll come to that in a bit yes I think I'm far enough we're far enough in it now that it's stopped being about Batman for me a bit like I can like the, the things that don't really make sense because he's going to grow up to be Batman don't yeah. bother me so much anymore because yeah. I'm, I'm sort of in it yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I I, uh, I had that issue with it when I first started. and But now it, it just seems like a very kind of Elseworlds version yes. of, of DC. And you just, once that settles in, you kind of just flow with it. And, uh, you know, DC lives in a multiverse. It's obviously a multiverse version of Batman in this show. But, sure, uh, yeah, where yeah. everything sort of happens to everyone else if about 10 years before, except yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but yes, no, I'm I'm really loving the fourth season. And, yeah, uh, it's yeah. Uh, terrific. Um, Another thing we've been catching, I've been catching up on is Silicon Valley again. I watched last season, um, but this season I just haven't caught up. But uh, started I think last week, and uh, yeah, um, yeah it's really good. Ago, it's still catch- really really good. Yeah, it, it's such a good show. That again, that's one that where that was renewed uh, back in April, so that that's already been renewed. It's surprising. It's you're not missing Ehrlich particularly uh, no, in, in yeah, this latest I series. Um, it, it's almost as if so they've they've lost a corner of I guess the Pentagon, but now yeah. it's just a really tight square, and every corner is still getting 
more time for that and uh, the rest of the cast are all really holding it together I think yeah uh, um, you, you don't also yeah. it feels a bit like Breaking Bad to me now see if you, see if you like this Dave so <laughs> at, the, at the start it was about how their company's sort of rubbish and he makes bad decisions and and whatever now now they're the they're a company they're like they're the big yeah. guys now and it seems like you know in breaking bad when suddenly it became that this sort of underdog guy was starting to make the rules a bit and he got to do what he wanted and yeah he, he started becoming you know slightly like more of a bad guy but it was cool to watch it yeah. feels a bit like that now like they've started pulling the you know they can do the stuff now um, but he could still makes the stupid decisions. And that's, yes, uh, yeah, no, I I get that analogy. I see what you're doing. That yeah, it uh, yeah, that kind of works actually. I wonder if that's how that ending end it with with Richard sort of becoming Hooli sized. Yeah, know? well, that's yeah, that's an interesting uh, parallel. There is that yeah, Hooli um, yeah, is still doing um, yes, the doing box. Bad, bad things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, what else? So uh, Life in Pieces still on Amazon. Uh, there wasn't one this week, but. Um, I just wanted to say Life in Pieces is really good. If you haven't seen it, it's really, really terrific. Yes. Um, Brilliant, brilliant comedy. Really funny. Um, Again, renewed. That was very much on the bubble this season, but it uh, it also renewed as well. Yeah. Um, Lastly, I just wanted to mention uh, that we watched The Avengers and it was good, wasn't it? (laughs) Yes, yes. The Avengers was very, very good. We talked quite a lot about The Avengers last week. I was going to say, I'm sure you're sick to death of hearing about it, but wasn't it good? (laughs) Yeah, no, it was really good. Very interesting way to end it, despite the fact that we know all those characters are going to come back but yeah i thought it was good pulled at the heartstrings in the right way and unexpected in that we expected some of the bigger characters to die this movie not next movie yeah and they kind of didn't you know mm. because most of the people we know th- your core avengers yes your core avengers I, we know their contracts are coming up and some of them have kind of said that they might not be wanting to do it anymore so i did hear we'll a, see. Uh, I did hear a comic book rumor that, um, or a comic book movie rumor that um, they're going to do Miss Marvel with Kamala Khan after Captain Marvel is an established thing. So that would be good. Yeah, um, yeah, as that, well. that would be good. That would be good as well. Yeah. So yeah. yes, all round thumbs up, most definitely for that. If you want to hear really, <laughs> really what we think of Avengers and for a bit more spoilery stuff about Avengers, go and listen to last week's show because we covered it in immense amount of detail. I think. What about you, Dave? Because we've got so much stuff to get through this week, I'm not going to go on about too many shows. Uh, But uh, The 100, which I think actually came back a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't mention it last time. Absolutely brilliant. Really enjoying that back. It sort of changes every season, that show. And you're you're now in this sort of situation where you've got some people that are stuck up on a space station. You've got new arrivals. You've got Clark, who's stuck out on her own and a bunch of people still rammed into a bunker that you know and there's various things going on there so rather than it just being a group of people trying to survive on earth they've now got them in all sort of separate separate different areas and stuff so um loving that really enjoying that that's back on e4 the other new show this week um patrick melrose which is is one of the best examples of why you shouldn't do drugs i've seen in a very very long time it it it's it's got a little hint of train spotting about it. You right. know the the um the infamous CD train spotting where he, he's trying to get clean and 
you know, there's the baby crawling on the ceiling and, yes. and all that sort of stuff. There is a certain amount of, uh, not quite to that level, but there is that sort of feel to it, particularly when um, the, you know, Patrick's trying to sort of get clean and, you know, then kind of gives up. And it's that sort of desperation for, for drugs. It, it's is this uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, this is the Benedict Cumberbatch one, which has been trailered all over the place. It's it's actually airing at the same time in the UK as it is in the US because right. it's a it's a co-production between Sky and Showtime. I, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. I, I think there's four episodes in this because I think it's each episode is a translation or is a adaptation of one of his books. Um, um, but yes, well well worth watching. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is always brilliant in everything. So yeah. Yeah, what do we? expect but given it's not really a show about anything in particular it's basically his father dies he goes to new york to pick up the body he's also taking large quantities of heroin that's that's <laughs> basically the plot for it uh and it's what happens whilst he's there and you know him trying to get off drugs and his relationship with his father which wasn't particularly good, which is his father's played by Hugo Weaving. Um, you don't see him all that much. You know, he's in oh. kind of the odd scene here and there because his father's actually dead, but you see a few bits of it in flashback and stuff. Absolutely superb. It's on Sky Atlantic. Go and watch it. It's really good. That's all the stuff we've been doing for this week. Next on, we'll move on to some TV and film news, of which there is an awful lot of... <laughs> TV and film news this week, because, as I mentioned at the start, it's been the upfront presentations, uh, or it is the upfront presentations this week in the, in America. Uh, upfront presentations are when the main networks go and present all their wares to the advertisers, drumming up sort of advertising for the new shows when they come around in September. That's basically what the upfront presentations are what usually happens before then is you get this manic burst of activity where all the shows that they're not going to bring back or are going to bring back so all the existing shows are either cancelled or renewed and we'd seen that drip out a bit over the week and then we had a friday night massacre which, <laughs> which I, I, and it really was i mean the, there was just story after story after story came out of of you know this has been picked up this has been yeah. cancelled wailing and gnashing of teeth on social media for as various <laughs> things got got uh, slaughtered so so um, we're going to go through everything that was renewed and cancelled now. There's actually a couple of little things I just wanted to start off with, which aren't on the main networks. Quick little pick up. Uh, E4 have picked up the Superman prequel se- series, Krypton, airing mm-hmm. some point in late summer, which I'm really looking forward to. Despite looking at it, and thinking, oh, I'm not sure about this. It has got fairly positive reviews from everybody I've spoken to and watched it have said it's actually quite good. So uh, we'll see. I've, I'm uh, I'm quite interested in that. But yeah, late summer, they're saying for that on E4. Netflix have also renewed Lost in Space, which I'm very happy about because uh, I, I think there were a few issues with the first season, but I thought they did a really solid job with it and i'm very interested to see what they do moving forward so moving on to the cancellations we'll start off with those first and these are the main basically pretty much all the the main top five networks so that's fox cbs nbc cw and abc there's a couple of others as well 
Fox, who really were the bringer of death this time around. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine was the first thing to fall, uh, although that has been since rescued by NBC, although the NBC rescue is for a half season, not a full season. So it's only yeah. going to be 13 episodes. However, I am very happy that it got picked up. The guys yes. at Fox have actually said they're extremely happy that NBC picked it up. And NBC have said, we're very happy we picked <laughs> it up. So all in all, everybody seems quite happy about that that situation. I think NBC is a much more sensible place for it. Uh, it's it's very much an NBC comedy. NBC make the show anyway, so right. and then sold it to Fox. And the NBC boss basically said, yeah, even from the first time we actually decided to sell it to Fox, I've regretted that decision, so I'm rather ha- glad to have the whole thing back now. The other big kick in the teeth for a lot of people in terms of the comedy was Last Man on Earth, which has also been cancelled that struggled to find a decent home over here it's been running on dave but it's it's been kind of messed around quite a lot it struggled on the u.s networks as well it struggled on fox so i'm not entirely surprised that's gone but it is a shame it was a very kind of unique comedy that uh, they also cancelled a show called the mick that's never aired over here that was another comedy the exorcist got canned which i know has upset some people because that was one of those shows that's rates unbelievably high with critics but just didn't have the large enough audience and the one that really hurt me was lucifer <laughs> they've cancelled yeah, lucifer. things about lucifer yeah um airs on amazon prime over here and on fox over here actually um they were really they've got second run rights over here Uh, but brilliant funny hilarious show not at all like the comic book it's based on it's a dc show (laughs) this is the interesting thing one of the things we're seeing this season and the same as we saw last season actually was shows getting cancelled because the networks don't own them so a lot of those shows like i say with brooklyn 99 it was cancelled on fox but picked up by nbc but then nbc owned the show so it means that when they sell it onto foreign markets or onto streaming services, NBC are making the money, whereas Fox weren't making anything off that. Right, so it's not worth them doing it. The only value to them is the value it has to airing it on their network. They yeah. don't pick up any extra money should it get sold on unless there's some deal done behind the scenes. And it's the same with Lucifer. Lucifer is owned by WB and DC. If it was on, say, the CW, that would be fine because you know WB have a invested interest in CW. So the moment it's looking like they are, I think, shopping it around, they are still hopeful that it might find a new home. One thing that is coming up is DC Universe, which is this um, streaming service that DC has coming. It's entirely possible it could end up on there because that launches at the end of the year. But who knows at the moment? As for now, Lucifer is cancelled. Moving on to CBS, they cancelled a bunch of shows you've never heard of. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, Nine JKL, Me, Myself, and I, Living Biblically, Biblically, and Superior Donuts, and Wisdom of the Crowd, all of which never aired this side of the pond. Uh, the two that they have cancelled, which did, was Zoo, which they cancelled earlier in the year, which was that ridiculous show about uh, animals that could communicate telepathically with each other and had decided to gang up on the humans. And um, Scorpion as well, which I know upset across a lot of people, which aired on ITV2 
until the last season, which they dropped it. So that didn't have a broadcaster over here, but it had previously aired. I know Bex had a, has a massive problem with that show because it, it ignores any form of physics in it. <laughs> <laughs> so NBC cancelled the show called Great News, which was, I think was a comedy, uh, hasn't aired over here. The Brave, that only had one season, that's been cancelled. Rise and Taken. I think out of those, Taken was the only one that ever actually yeah. found a home over here. Again, all to do with numbers, just not making money. They also passed on the Bad Boys spin-off, LA Finest, which was a bit of a surprise to people because that is an established brand. So yeah. thought that might get picked up, but they've passed on that. Over on CW, CW is a lovely fluffy channel that barely cancels <laughs> anything. Uh, they have cancelled two shows, Valor and Life Sentence, both of which were new shows, I think, this year, but haven't survived. One big surprise from CW is they didn't pick up the Supernatural spin-off Wayward Sisters, which I think shocked a lot of people. This is the second time Supernatural's tried to do a spin-off and it's not got picked up. Oh no. Wayward Sisters actually aired as a back or pilots so coming up in this run of supernatural you'll get to see the pilot of wayward sisters because it's it's part of of this season of the show right it's it's an episode of this season of the show so we will see the pilot of it but so um, you're going to try, try hard not to find that interesting yes try hard not to find it interesting because it's not got picked up for a series which is a real shame because it looked like they you know all signs pointed to the fact that this was going to get done this time around but no they've decided not to ABC have cancelled uh, this one here as well, Designated Survivor, um, oh. which is the Kiefer Sutherlanders president drama. That is being shopped around. They are quite hopeful that somebody else will pick it up. This again was, well, it was a mixture of two things for ABC. It was a mixture of money because it wasn't doing great in the ratings. The other thing was it's gone through four showrunners in two seasons. Oh. So compared to a lot of the other shows that they did renew, they just weren't as confident in it. I mean, you know, two showrunners in two seasons, I, I could live with. Four showrunners in two seasons is a lot by yeah. anybody's standards. So th- obviously things weren't working quite well behind the scenes. And they had a fifth showrunner lined up for the next season. So it wasn't like the fourth showrunner was going to carry on to season yeah. three. They'd also sacked him. And he was, and so, th- you know, there were issues behind the scenes there, by sure. the looks of things. No stability there. Yeah, no stability at all. So they weren't as confident with it. And I can see their point with that. So I, I'm very sorry to see it go. I really hope it gets picked up somewhere else, but that is going. Uh, Quantico, they've cancelled as well, which has been very much on the bubble the last couple of seasons and scraped through a renewal last season. So I'm not overly shocked that's going. Fun show, but I'm I'm not that surprised. Uh, the Crossing, which is currently airing on Amazon Prime over here, which I am quite enjoying. It sort of a, has a Lost-esque feel to it, but that's not going to last more than one season. Then a couple of other things which haven't aired over here. Uh, Kevin Probably Saves the World, Deception and Alex Inc. have all been cancelled. And they finally officially cancelled Marvels and Humans, which everybody knew was coming, but yeah. they've, they've officially said. Two other cancellations that came out recently. Sundance TV have cancelled Happen Leonard, which airs on Amazon Prime over here. Sci-Fi, this was the real kick in the nuts for people. Uh, Sci-Fi have cancelled The Expanse which is a phenomenally good sci-fi series. Airs on Netflix, I think, worldwide. Only airs on sci-fi in the US. The biggest issue with that, and I get why they've said that they're not going to pick it up, 
the biggest issue with that is it's the production company. Again, it's an outside production company. It's not made internally by sci-fi. So they are shopping it around. And I think there may be a chance that you could get somebody like Netflix to fund it fully. But the biggest problem with this was the only rights they had to it were the live broadcast rights. So right. that means... The only way they made any money out of it was when, is people, when it's on. Yeah, is when it's on. And it's a big sci-fi show. That's very difficult to sustain on a, you know, a procedural, let alone a sci-fi show where most of the audience watch it on catch-up and watch it through streaming services. So it seems silly from the production company's point of view of, of not maybe giving a better deal to sci-fi for that. But I, I kind of get why sci-fi didn't want to pick that up again. That sort of makes sense. Because if they can't make any money out of it and on that sort of dealing, how can you? <laughs> what are you going to do? So um, on to the renewals. It feels as though there were a lot of um, lot of ones there just in the cancellations that we mentioned in the last sort of, they feel very recent to me that we've mentioned those and they're going away now. So it seems like, you know, some of them just haven't done as well as they'd expect. Yeah, I mean, uh, a number of those are one season shows, two season yeah. shows. So there is quite a lot in there that, but you get that. I mean, you know, they try a show for a season, it doesn't work. They decide sure. to pass on it. It's That's fairly common. In terms of the renewals, though, the big story was a Fox story. Fox found themselves trending multiple times on social media this this week, all for the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, partly, you know, renew Brooklyn Nine-Nine, renew Lucifer, and uh, also bring back Clayne Crawford was the other thing that was was, was uh, trending quite a lot. Because Lethal Weapon has got picked up for a third season, but they fired the guy that plays Riggs. And right. if you know anything about Lethal Weapon, the entire show is based around Riggs and Myrtle, these mismatched cops. Mm-hmm. Um, so they fired the guy that plays Riggs, a guy called Clay Crawford. Clay Crawford allegedly has some, well, no, not allegedly, we know had some issues on set because he's spoken about them himself, one of which had him blow up at a director. Another was an incident on set where a there was an accident during a point where he was directing an episode. And his co-star, who is Damon Wayans, got hit in the head by a piece of shrapnel. Oh, wow. What it sounds like, as far as I can see, is the relationship has completely deteriorated between Glenn Crawford and Damon Waynes. And if you've got to that point, I think, and there have been issues with Glenn Crawford's behaviour on set, one of them them had to go. And although a lot of people, there seems to be a lot of stories about Damon Waynes acting very deverishly on set as well. If one of them's had to go, you can't really fire the guy that was injured in the accident. (laughs) So it really had to be Glenn Crawford that went. Their solution is to hire Sean William Scott, uh, who will be playing a new character. Sean William Scott, you may know as Stifler from the uh, American yes. Pie movies. <laughs> so, um, that, I mean, that's the main thing. He's done a couple of other things sure. as well. He does one of the voices for Ice Age, but that's what everybody knows him for. He did a movie called Goon as well, which apparently is quite good. They've hired him as a new character. So he's not playing Riggs. He's playing a brand new character, which I think is the best you can do in the situation that they found themselves in. I mean, what do you do if you're, if both your leads are at loggerheads with each other? That's true, yeah. yeah. It's only fortunate that it's not called their names, you know? Like if it was like a Tango and Cash situation, you'd be in much more. <laughs> 
difficult yeah yeah i mean some people do say of course that the lethal weapon title is directly related to Riggs because uh, he's the sort of lethal weapon in that partnership but well, i think somebody said maybe you should call it flashbang or something <laughs> but um i can sympathize with the situation i mean it's not actually fox fox have actually said we didn't want this wb who are the production company that make it came to us and said we cannot give you the show in the format that you've had it previously so i mean fox really had uh, only choice was either to cancel or renew it what they've actually decided to do is pick it up for 13 episodes so again it's been another show picked up for a half season we'll see how it goes but you know i mean they may get more episodes ordered after that but they've only given it a 13 episode order at the moment fox have also picked up star and empire which was largely expected uh the new medical drama the resident they've picked that back up uh the orville the gifted the simpsons were all also renewed and because they right. needed to renew something that didn't start with the they picked up 911 again <laughs> for another season they've also picked up a seventh season of tim allen's sitcom last man standing which was previous on abc in the u.s that's now moved across apparently inspired by the success of Roseanne because Roseanne the Roseanne revival and Last Man Standing is a very kind of right-leaning show politically and Roseanne is a very right-leaning show politically so they've decided that you know the success of Roseanne they think they can make something out of this so so that's been picked up Uh, Gotham also has got a fifth but it's also a final season oh wow I didn't so, know you. I didn't know that, Dave. You've created quite a conundrum because <laughs> if I if I keep watching it, it's going to end. But if I stop watching it, it might never end. <laughs> <laughs> Only in your mind, though. Yeah, I so, was gonna say, actually, that doesn't make sense because it just ends when mm, I last watched it. To be fair, I think that was probably the right thing to do because yeah. pretty much every villain that they could introduce has been introduced at this point. That's true. Bruce yeah, is yeah. Bruce is very much on the road to being Batman light at this point as well as you would have seen from any of the trailers that he foreshoot you can't string that out forever at some point he's got to become batman and admittedly he's a little young for it right now but the where they've plotted it i i'm not entirely sure how much further you could take it so Mm. yeah i I mean don't know whether that's going to be a half season or a full season yet but it is back for a fifth and final season which i'm very happy about moving on to cbs bull hawaii 50 macgyver madam secretary blue bloods ncis new orleans ncis los angeles instinct life in pieces criminal minds and matt leblanc's man with a plan have been picked up in the last week or so fine with all of those yeah. you know uh, bull i think he's a really good like legal procedural hawaii 50 i just keeps on trucking at this point yeah. <laughs> I, it's just i mean the, the storylines have got so preposterous at this point but there is another reason to do with the new shows they picked up that they're keeping hawaii 50 around i'm fairly sure um, mm. because there is a new show which will which is from the same producers that will tie in for, to that so um uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, MacGyver's also part of that sort of universe, as is NCIS Los Angeles. They're all sort of part of the same shared universe because they've done crossovers and things. They will join other previously announced renewals, which include Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon, Mum, NCIS, SEAL Team, and SWAT, which have all been picked up for new seasons. Shocker as well. about Big Bang. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that has to come to an end at some point. Otherwise, they're going to have to basically give them the studio to fund the salaries. <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah. <laughs> 
because <laughs> it's i mean the the salaries they're on like what million and a half or something an episode oh, at this point it's got to be making the money though right because it must be that. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise they wouldn't pay it. So presumably, but it's insane amount of cash uh, they're throwing at that. Over on NBC, they've renewed a show called AP Bio, which is a comedy. It's not aired over here. Uh, Blind Spot has been picked up, which I'm quite happy about. Although, again, that's another show that um they've already tattooed. The, you know, the this was the thing where the the lady was found in a bag covered in tattoos with a sort of with the name of an FBI agent on her back in the first season. That was that was the sort of hook for it, and she'd had a wow. memory wiped. So to find out who she was, they had to decode all the tattoos that she was covered in. Sure, that was the premise for it. They then re-tattooed her uh, <laughs> in the third season. So I, I I don't know I don't know where they're going to go with another season. Maybe they'll tattoo something. She's got a daughter now. Maybe they'll tattoo her. Tattoo the daughter. Get, has she got a dog? Get a, get a dog. Yeah, tattoo, tattoo the, the dog. dog. I don't know. Yes, I, I'm not sure where they go with it, but uh, that is back for another season. Uh, Law and Order SVU has been renewed. They've renewed all the Chicago series, so that's Fire Med and PD. Blacklist is going to be back, which I, you know, I love Blacklist. It's um, it's a really fun show. And uh, Superstore, Good Place, and This Is Us have all been renewed as well, but they were announced earlier in the year. CW uh, basically renewed everything, yeah. <laughs> pretty much as they tend to do. Uh, so Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, uh, Black Lightning, Riverdale, Crazy X. Girlfriend, Supernatural, Jane the Virgin, Dynasty, 100 they announced this week, and iZombie, which was very much, again, a kind of bubble show, but because, like I say, CW is a lovely, fluffy network, yeah. they gave it another series. So, um, so yes, I'm I'm very happy about all I'd, those. I'd heard that, actually, they were going to... I can't remember what the details right now, but I've heard they were going to bring Crazy Ex-Girlfriend to an end. Maybe not this series, maybe the next series, but I've heard uh, that they're... Maybe they're not now. Yeah, I think they are, uh, but that's that's not them bringing it to an end. It's, sure. It's the, uh, yeah, fourth season will be its last, according to Rachel Bloom. That isn't CW bringing it to an end. That's no. Rachel Bloom, who stars in the show and is the show's creator. So she's decided that she's going to finish it. So apparently she's been saying for a long time she didn't want to do it more than like four seasons. So Yeah, I think, yeah. It's really good, but there's no way you could carry it on for yeah. ever. And sometimes I think that's right. I think a bit like Gotham, you know, you just get to a point where it's you've like, got to well, know when. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get to a point where it's better to bring a show like Breaking Bad as well. You end up, if you end up going on too long, you end up just filling episodes with random stuff. And sure. ABC have renewed For the People, uh, which is a Shondaland drama, which didn't actually do particularly well, but I guess they don't want to upset Shonda Rhimes, <laughs> who has about <laughs> five shows on her network, on the network at the moment. So I think that probably one of the reasons why. Maybe got a renewal. Speechless got renewed. Blackish. Uh, Station 19. How to Get Away with Murder. They'd already renewed The Good Doctor. Grey's Anatomy, Goldberg's, Modern Family, and Roseanne. Uh, and they've announced, I think, last night, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be back for a new right. season as well. But that will be, again, it's going to be a half season, not a full season. The rumours that have always surrounded Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that ABC don't particularly want it because it doesn't have great ratings for them. But they've been told by Disney that, and Marvel that <laughs> they're not cancelling it. You're having it. <laughs> so, yeah, you're having it whether you like it or not. So that's going to be back for 13 episodes next summer, apparently. We'll see whether they've got some plan to tie it in with the next Infinity War movie, possibly. Sure. Uh, I don't know, but we'll 
we'll see what happens with that. I, I mean, I, I don't have a big issue with them cutting that season in half because it's basically a season of two halves anyway. Whenever yeah. they do it, it's it's two distinct storylines that they run. So I don't think you'll actually feel like you're missing all that much. You right. know, you're you're still getting. I mean, it's only thirteen episodes, but you'll be getting one entire season or one half season arc which is what they do usually anyway so that's fine shows that we're still waiting for timeless and code black no idea on code black at the moment timeless which is an nbc show they have said that they wanted to wait until after the finale which has just gone out in the u.s and i've been chatting with uh, one of the actors on the show um Pastor joseph and he was saying that he believes that it may not be till september before they actually know one way or the other so i suspect what nbc is doing is they're gonna see how shows go over the summer and yeah. then if they decide that they've got some space for it they may bring it back but that's speculation at the moment we don't know it may get cancelled before then it may get renewed before then it's been very much on the bubble there's huge amount of fan support for it so we'll we'll see what happens with that but uh, i would love to see that back because it's it's a really fun entertaining show so we'll see moving on to new shows what i've done is i've not actually put in every single show that mm. they've picked up i've sort of picked out ones which i thought looked kind of interesting particularly ones that we got trailers for as well because we right. don't have trailers for everything yet before we start these are shows that are, are happening definitely yeah yes these are shows that are definitely going to get at least one season right. or half a season before they fall on their face and they get pulled off the network but they are shows that will definitely air in some form or another so um nbc have picked up manifest which is uh again it's a sort of lost-esque vibe to it follows the passengers of a flight which wasn't really the smoothest flight but lands perfectly okay because that would make a very boring tv series there is obviously (laughs) something else going on after it passengers and crew will get off the flight only to be greeted by kind of ground crew and police and various emergency services because apparently their flight disappeared five years ago and they were all presumed dead so so uh, that's the basic setup for it i think it's a really interesting idea for a show yeah um, um i looked at this trailer and i was like you know what a, a lot would change because a, a lot of the trailer hmm. is about how things have moved on in five years and they would that would happen yeah yeah you know much as you might love your partner uh, if if you thought she was dead and the plane had disappeared five oh. years ago you kind of think well i'm, I'm waiting for an excuse dave tell you, what. <laughs> you only just got married <laughs> she's gone to the, she's, if, if she's gone to the shops more than an hour i'm just sort of <laughs> um, so this is starring joss Dallas, who most people will know as Prince Charming in uh, Once Upon a Time. So he's the main lead. They've got RJ Ramirez in there, who was on Jessica Jones and Arrow, Melissa Roxburgh, who's on, it was in Star Trek Beyond. There's various other people there as well. It's from a guy called Jeff Rake, who created Mysteries of Laura and Tomorrow People. There is a trailer for this up on the website if you want to go and see it. It's, uh, I, I actually like the look of this. I think this is, could be a very interesting kind of show. I, yeah. it's, it's so hard to tell how well they're going to do because sometimes you see oh this is really good and then it runs out of plot three episodes in so yeah not to drop uh trailer spoilers but like it starts and the the large majority of the trailer is oh it's been five years things are a bit weird now and that's because it seems to be like a, a sort of 
ensemble of people and it looks at how different people's lives but then at the end it starts getting a bit weird and it yeah. starts to be like these people who are on this flight are changed somehow and i i if there's a good chunk of oh it's been five years things are weird now i'm on board for that but the other if it, if they very quickly pass over that into this is a sci-fi show about these people have magic powers or whatever that might be yeah i think that's that's maybe less interesting to me personally yeah yeah, I I would be inclined to agree with you there. Well, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see what happens. There is a new medical drama called New Amsterdam. This is coming from uh, David Schulner, who wrote Emerald City and The Event, based on the memoirs of a uh, former medical director at Bellevue Hospital in New York. Stars Ryan Eggold, who you will know from uh, The Blacklist. He plays a man that he's, he's brought in to to um, shake up this hospital, essentially. He's brought in as the new director. He's determined to do whatever it takes to restore the place to its former glory or get kicked out trying. So uh, there's a great bit in the trailer where he basically comes in and goes, hold your hand up if you're in the cardiac unit, you're all fired, which <laughs> which I thought is kind of an interesting uh, opening to it. It could be quite interesting because it's sort of looking at the American healthcare system and sort of saying we shouldn't just be here to make money we should be here to help people yeah so, and it sort of it felt a little bit um house so yes. you remember how house sort of did what he wanted but it was yeah. about curing the guy so mm. whatever this guy seems to be like he's gonna do what he wants but it's about hospitals being about people not about money and that's like an ethics thing and that's, that's good and the trailer has a nice little twist at the end which i, I yes. think works um reiner gold was great in the blacklist so i think this could be quite a good vehicle for him it's also got freema adjuman in it from doctor who and sensate so uh if you're a fan of either of those i think definitely uh one to look out for that mm. i think could be kind of interesting there is a comedy called i feel bad as well they've picked up which i was prepared to hate <laughs> when I, I, saw yeah, it. I was gonna say i was ready to think oh this is gonna be rubbish but you know what yeah <laughs> <pretty good>. is, <laughs> there were some brilliant laughs in that trailer and because it as a comedy the description sounds terrible because it's basically about a woman trying to be the perfect mum, the sort of boss the wife the friend the daughter she's trying to balance everything in her life and that's pretty much all the show is about it's it's about this family unit and from that description you're like whatever but honestly go watch the trailer for i feel bad because there were a few moments in there that were just laugh out loud funny for me yeah sarah blue is the uh the lead in it who was in no tomorrow and ncis los angeles also got paul adelstein in there who was in uh prison break all i will say for that it's got james buckley in it as well from the in-betweeners who (laughs) randomly pops up on this american show you're like yeah i wasn't expected to see him in there (laughs) so yeah uh but yeah i it it looks actually quite funny uh and i i have to say i was pleasantly surprised with that so we'll we'll see uh yeah, it's a executive producer amy polar isn't it? and that's yeah gonna be, yeah it's gotta be something isn't it it is uh azim batra is the uh writer as well who's written for the cleveland show and scrubs so Ooh. i thought that was that was actually quite funny one to watch out for and the the other one which didn't have a trailer uh the enemy within the reason i mentioned this one i'm I think it's actually coming mid-season, which is why it hasn't got a trailer yet. But um, basically sounds like The Blacklist, 
but with a female lead, essentially. Oh. It's a character-driven investigative thriller set in the world of counterintelligence, f- focusing on a former CIA agent called Eric Wolf, who's played by Jennifer Carpenter, who you will know from Dexter and Limitless. She's the most notorious traitor in modern history and the most hated woman in America. She's brought out of a federal supermax prison by the FBI to help stop some of the most dangerous acts of espionage threatening the United States today. Mm. Um, it basically is the blacklist but you've got Jennifer Carpenter in the role of Red, <laughs> essentially, and Morris Chestnut playing the FBI agent. Yeah. Um, he's also got Raza Jaffrey in it as well, who I really like. He was in Lost in Space and he's been in a million other things. But it's more the cast for me for that. I mean, we've not seen anything of it, but that cast I'm quite interested in. How they're going to make it not like The Blacklist, I don't know, because yeah. it really is the same setup, but we'll see. Could be an interesting one to watch out for that. Over on ABC, various pickups there. I think we've got three shows here that I pulled out. First one being Schooled, which is a spin-off from the Goldberg, set in the 1990s, follows the faculty of William Penn State Academy, led by Principal Glascott, Coach Mella and Lainey Lewis, who, despite her, their eccentricities and crazy personal lives, are heroes to their students. It's exactly what it says on the tin. It's a 19 <laughs> spin-off. Yeah. It's a 90s spin-off of the Goldbergs with some of the same cast who were, I think, secondary characters in the main show. Yeah. If you're a fan of the Goldbergs, that's going to be one to look out for. Sure, yeah. I, I really like the Goldbergs. Um, and it keeps feeling like how, how often, how long can they keep doing this? To the point where we've started talking to each other and saying, was that in the 80s or was that in the 90s? And having to look up what's, you know, <laughs> what was in the decade. But yeah, I think this this is a good way of changing it so it's different. Uh, hopefully they've still got the same actors. Well, maybe not if it's 10 years later, maybe they've got different actors. Yeah, well, but the, the, same, the same writers would be good. Yeah, same. it's the same writers. It's, it's Adam Goldberg, who is yeah. one of the, who's the writer on the main show. Mark Farrick is the uh, other writer and I think he's worked on the main show as well. Some of the cast are the same there's obviously new people coming in as well but yeah. I, because like coach Mella, principal glasgow i believe and laney lewis are all characters i think that are in the main show yes. so it's the same actors that are playing yeah, those roles. right works for me so yeah that one coming there's the rookie which i think we've mentioned probably on the show before yeah. this is nathan fillion's new show stars as john nolan who is the oldest rookie cop in the lapd at an age where most are at the peak of their career nolan uh, casts aside his comfortable small-time life and moves to LA to pursue the dream of becoming a cop. Um, it's sounding very castle There is a trailer up for this, actually, but what was interesting in the trailer is it, it seemed to edge slightly more towards the serious than the dramedy than I would have expected. Right. And, I mean, that could just be the trailer and what they were pushing for in the trailer, I don't know. But, I, yeah, I, I found that kind of interesting. The ABC upfront is actually tonight, and usually after the upfront, they release the trailers online, so there may be a new trailer for this coming i don't know we'll have to wait and see i want to watch this because it's nathan fillion i was gonna say more nathan fillion great yeah yeah anything that's more nathan fillion i'm completely up for the trailer did look good even though like i say it it is sounding very castly that sort of show slightly different setup but very similar kind of feel to it i think and the last one is called whiskey cavalier this you may have heard of because it stars lauren cohen lauren cohen who being is Maggie in The Walking Dead. Although, given that they've just picked this up, probably not for much longer. Um, <laughs> she, we know, uh, regarding her Walking Dead career, we know that she's back for, I think, six of the eight episodes in the first half 
of the next season of Walking Dead. She has permission to go and film those, but they may end up killing her off at the end of that, or she may end up leaving to go and have her baby somewhere else, or I don't know exactly what's going to happen. It would seem that uh, she won't be around on The Walking Dead for much longer after those six episodes because of this. This, again, is sounding very drama, you know, uh, comedy drama-y. Uh, after an emotional breakup, FBI agent Will Chase, codename Whiskey Cavalier, is assigned to work with CIA operative Francesca Frankie Trowbridge, codename Fiery Tribune. Together, they lead an interagency team of spies who periodically save the world or one another whilst navigating the rocky roads of friendship, romance, and off politics so it's it's two ex-lovers forced together into an awkward situation which is pretty much the plot of half a million different dramas but stars scott foley is the male lead and lauren cohen is the female lead i'm willing to give this a go simply because it's got lauren cohen and, and she's brilliant so it sounds much lighter than anything else she's done recently given that what she has done recently yeah. is walking dead so uh, that's another one to watch out for again i think that's coming mid-season so it's going to be next year before we see that over on cbs they've picked up uh, a number of of shows uh here's a selection that i pulled out there's one called Fan it's a bizarre setup because it's a woman dreams of uh, of an upstanding life with a new fiance and his upstanding family are dashed when her younger train wreck of a half sister comes to live with her to escape their train wreck of a father. <laughs> the reason I put this one in is because the lead is Nina Dovbrev, uh, Nina Dovbrev of Vampire Diaries fame. And as somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody sort of mentioned when I posted these up on uh, Facebook, somebody mentioned Nina Dovbrev and comedy shouldn't probably go in the same sentence together <laughs> so i don't know i've i've never seen her do anything other than vampire diaries so i have no idea whether she's any good at comedy but uh, i guess we'll find out uh, maybe she's incredibly versatile dave and you're not giving her the credit she deserves I, uh, she could very well be she seems like a very lovely girl so you know <laughs> who knows <laughs> there is a show called the code which is coming uh, the reason i put this one in is because the the team behind it is the team that were behind limitless which was a brilliant brilliant show cut down very much in its prime and uh, i've still haven't i was gonna say where is it now though yeah i've it's such a shame that that didn't last more than one season because it was great the military's brightest minds take on the country's toughest challenges inside the courtroom and out where each attorney is trained as a prosecutor a defense lawyer an investigator and a marine oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, the turn of the end there. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a courtroom drama with lots of action by the sounds of it. Right. Um, which is, uh, and but like I say, the reason that I, I kind of went for this is because it's Craig Sweeney writing it and who wrote Limitless. And Limitless was a show which never should have really worked because it's a spin off from like an okay movie. Mm. And it was one of the best TV shows to come out that season. And even despite the fact that they cancelled it, it was. I still maintain was one of the best shows to come out that season. So I have faith that he can make this work. <laughs> this one I put in because it's just such a ludicrous premise. Uh, God friended me. <laughs> explores the question of faith existence and science it centers on an outspoken atheist whose life is turned upside down when he is friended by god on facebook <laughs> unwittingly he becomes an agent of change in lives and destinies of the others around him okay sure. <laughs> so sounds a bit um what was it uh, bruce almighty yes sounds of somewhat bruce almighty stars brandon michael hall uh violet bean violet bean plays jesse quick on the flash so those are the uh, the two main cast 
But uh, I mean, who knows if that's any good? It is a Belanti <laughs> production, though. So Greg Belanti, by the way, has 14 shows on air oh this gosh. season. Busy guy. Yeah, ridiculous. Belanti Productions have 14 shows. It's crazy. Next one's called Red Line. This is sounding a bit This Is Us-y. Um, after a white cop in Chicago mistakenly shoots and kills a, a black doctor, we follow three different families that all have connections within the case's stories are told from different perspectives. Sounds a little bit like it could be their chance to jump on the This Is Us bandwagon. Yeah. One of the people starring it is Noah Wire, who was from ER and uh, Falling Skies. And... I really like that him as an actor. So could be worth a watch, but I, again, I don't know. And the last one, as I was mentioning, one of the reasons that Hawaii Five O I think got picked up is because they had another show coming up that is from the same people that do Hawaii Five O and do MacGyver. Magnum P.I., they have picked up we've mentioned this before it is a remake of magnum pi returning home from afghanistan decorated ex-navy seal thomas magnum repurposes his military skills to become a private investigator you know what this show is going to be clearly (laughs) uh i mean it's going to be in exactly the same sort of vein of hawaii 50 just with Mm -hmm. a slightly different spin on it it will most likely cross over with hawaii 50 at some point i can't see why they wouldn't they're both on the island so there's going to be some cross over there Justin Lin apparently directed the pilot of Fast and Furious fame so Uh I I don't know whether there's going to be any big car chases in it but uh, yes we'll see from the same guys that did uh, Hawaii Five-O so you know what you're going to get so if you're in you're in yeah Fox News shows these are some of the others which we have seen trailers for The Cool Kids which is a comedy about three guys in a retirement home who are the top dogs until they're blown out of the water by a newest member of their community a female rebel who's ready to challenge their place it's basically high school with 70 somethings <laughs> uh, what do you think of this because this is um, a pilot uh, well like like the other one we talked about earlier uh, I feel bad I thought oh this is this is pretty standard stuff let's see if it's going to impress me yeah. uh, but I wasn't terribly impressed by this right um, yeah I think the three I don't want to get too critical because it hasn't come out yet it could be it could be great but it seems like two of them or at least three of the main four characters are fairly they fall into sort of stereotypes yeah, yeah. and it seems a bit like it, it could yeah. be they could do more interesting things with this setup than just a sitcom that seems fairly yeah. cut and dry i'm kind of with you there i did laugh at a few bits of this but i yeah I, I i mean i like the guys that are in it it's martin mull who you might know from veep he's been in episodes of veep leslie yes. jordan who's been in will and grace i did laugh at a few bits of this uh it's from charlie day who's an exec producer and one of the stars of it's always sunny in philadelphia it seems a bit generic in terms of the setup for it but there were funny bits in it for me so yeah i don't could know get better could get better who knows the passage is another one they picked up we finally picked up because this was actually was on the list last year and they end up reconceiving bits of it and shooting new footage and all uh. sorts of things to bring it around it's about a secret government medical facility that is experimenting with dangerous virus that could either cure disease or cause the downfall of the human race a series focuses on a 10 year old Amy Belafonte who is chosen to be a test subject for the experiment and Brad Wolgast who is a federal agent who becomes her surrogate father 
as he tries to protect her. So that's Mark Paul Guslier, who is in Franklin and Bash. He was one half of Franklin and Bash. Do you, do you remember Fra- Let's talk about Franklin. I could take five minutes out of this game and just talk about Franklin and Bash and how much I, I missed that. Carry I know, on. it was a great, great show. Um, obviously, known to a lot of older generation as Zach in Saved by the Bell. He's never going to get away from that, I don't think. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's a very watchable actor. This is a much more serious role for him because it usually does more dramedy roles. So this is, seems much more of a kind of drama. Uh, it, it's got a kind of zombie vampire thing yeah. going on. I felt a bit Logan towards the end. Remember Logan? How he's yeah. sort of taking the girl to, uh, to, I think they go to Canada, don't they? And she's like, she's like, well, she's not in the end, but you feel like she's the last new, or the first new, yeah, new yeah. for a while. And it seems like that sort of setup. But there's, I mean, there's, there's good stuff to be had in there. And it seems like it's building to a, a Westworld situation where eventually we're going to get some more zombie stuff and it's going to, that's going to become more of a, a player. Uh, yeah, that's good. it's based on some very popular books, so they've got stuff to work with. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad they finally managed to, to sort this out. Matt Reeves is one of the exec producers. Ridley Scott is one of the exec producers on this. So we're decent enough to yeah. behind it. Could be very interesting. Proven Innocent, this is a courtroom drama, uh, focuses on wrongful conviction firm led by a fierce and fearless female lawyer with a hunger for justice. Team reopens investigations, putting their own lives in danger to exonerate the innocent that were proven guilty. That's the essentially the basic setup for it. It comes from Danny Strong, who uh, I still remember from Buffy, but he's now a big shot writer and exec producer, wrote, <laughs> the, uh, wrote some of the Hunger Games movies and also co-wrote Empire as well yeah. and a million other things but uh, very very talented writer Ooh. Have you got something to tell us, Dave? <laughs> no, the other executive person, the, producer the, David Ellis. Yes, he spells his name different to mine. He's got ah. I've got two T's and he's got one. But yes, the the <laughs> other writer is David Elliott, which is uh, not me, sadly. Otherwise, I'd be much richer. But Could you uh, imagine if 157 episodes of this podcast were to as a you you, you were just using as a vehicle to get your <laughs> TV career up and running? Yes, yes, that's not the case, unfortunately. Uh, so yes uh, David Elliott and uh, Danny Strong are the uh, the two writers behind it so uh, what do you think of this one this this looked okay um, I, I said to you didn't I that um, for, yes. a, for some of the subject matter is quite dark and it seems the way they play it seems quite um, drama-y but they've got this very upbeat sort of sound like almost like a sitcom sound shack um, yeah. a song underneath yes it is the slight issue with that trailer is I think they were going for trying to make it lighter and more positive with the music that's what that's my question is that are we getting is are we getting comedy drama or are we getting serious drama or are we getting fairly light drama yeah I can't where it sits now because of that yeah otherwise I'd have leaned towards fairly serious drama um, yeah but now I'm not sure. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, I mean, I saw the same trailer as you. And when you pointed out the music, I was like, yeah, that actually does seem <laughs> slightly wrong. So we'll have to see. I mean, that's only the trailer. It may alter. I don't know. And finally, onto the CW. CW have got, uh, well, they, they've kind of delved into old shows pretty much for all their yeah. moves. It's like they pulled a box out of the attic and went, oh, we can remake this. Um, so Charmed, which we've mentioned a few times before, Charmed remake has got picked up. Again, it's uh, about three sisters after their mother's death. 
death. It's set in a college town. They're stunned to discover that they're witches. This powerful threesome must stand together to fight every day in supernatural battles all modern witches must face, from vanquishing powerful demons to toppling the patriarchy. That last little bit really makes me wince. Um, Yeah, it feels a bit like, oh, no. (laughs) You were doing so well up until that last point. That that whole toppling the patriarchy, we're a feminist remake of Charmed, really upset the original cast. I mean, yeah, the original cast are not happy about this because... you can do it without. You can do it in like a classy, good way where you don't really mention it, and it, it turns yeah. into that. And you're like, "Well, this is how this is right because yeah. we're saying these things, and that's fine." I think, um, yeah, it's it's a marketing thing, not. A, I mean, yeah, because the show should be very female positive yeah. in this day and age. It should be, but the original show was kind of female positive anyway and they so didn't need to say it they, yeah it didn't need saying and the way they pitched it as being this sort of feminist update of it is like the original cast were like going what the hell do you think we were you know <laughs> so i can understand why they're upset about it it could be brilliant i have no idea we've not seen any trailers from cw yet so we'll have to wait and see i think they're up front later in the week so we may get some trailers for that later in the week sure that that's just a line you know this could be a good this could be a great tv show yeah yeah i and it's a marketing problem i think that not not necessarily any issue with the show roswell new mexico is a remake of the well it's, it's a retelling of the books but this has been made into a tv show before called Roswell. So this version is called Roswell, New Mexico. It's slightly altered from the books. This version is uh, after reluctantly returning to a tourist tap hometown of Roswell, New Mexico, the daughter of an undocumented immigrant discovers the shocking truth about her teenage crush who is now a police officer. He's actually an alien who kept his unearthly abilities hidden their entire life. She protects his secret as the two of them reconnect and begin investigating his origins. But when a violent attack and long-standing government cover-up points to a greater alien presence on earth the politics of fear and hatred threaten to expose him and destroy their deepening romance dave could you just read all that again in the (laughs) end just say there'll be aliens but also we're going to talk about racism (laughs) yes that's that's basically it it's got this kind of immigration twist which was never in the original show so they've added that into it the books are actually called roswell high so this is sort of not really following the books at all i mean it's based around that sort of idea and the original tv show was based around the high school i think whereas this is very much looking at older characters so i mean it's in the sort of ballpark of it but yeah we'll have to see again not going to trailer for that the last one that i wanted to mention is legacies which continues the story of the vampire diaries and the originals we mentioned that this may be coming i think previously so we pick up with the next generation of superhuman beings at the Salvatore School for the Young and the Gifted. Uh, it's Klaus Mikkelsen's daughter, who is 17-year-old Hope Michelson, Eric Salzman's twins, Lizzie and Josie Salzman, and other young adults coming of age in the most unconventional way possible, nurtured to be their best selves in spite of their worst impulses. So um, I believe we're going to see the grown-up version of Hope 
in the and possibly the Salzman twins actually in this upcoming season of the originals which I think has started airing in the US it's just not out over here yet or it's coming very soon in the US but we we are going to see those characters first in that and then they'll come over onto it Legacies which is this new show which continues it it's all the same people behind it it's basically right. just a continuation of the brand yeah big Gotham there before and you sort of yeah I don't you know, know certain people are going to end up okay because yeah yeah there is there is that it does have that problem that we know none of those characters are going to be uh going to be killed off i i mean i it's got a certain x-men quality to it given that you've got a school of super superhuman beings as well which when i heard um what was it for the young and gifted i was like oh yeah so that's straight from a comic isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean i'm quite happy they're doing this i like the vampire diaries i really like the originals i don't know what's going to happen to the rest of the michaelson clan by the end of this season yet sort of all up for for a bit more of of stuff in this world because i think it's a it's a great world to go and play in you know and this kind of takes it back to the beginning basing it round a school whereas in the vampire diaries it was a normal school that happened to have these sort of vampire characters in it and yeah you know this is actually a school where you, everybody knows there are these characters you know the, these are going to be kind of superhuman gifted characters so kind of takes it back to the beginning with a nice twist i think could be quite good that's all the shows that uh, we want to mention now there are some others as well but if we would have been here all day if we actually <laughs> went through everything so um anything particular you're looking forward to i feel bad definitely i think top of my list in there really? um, seems, yeah actually is one of the things that because like uh, doing this show is the most tv news and you know geek town is the most tv news i get so i was like what, what of this will i actually watch and i'd watch that i'd watch new amsterdam actually as well mm. um the one about the um you know the the, the doctor who comes in and he's, yeah yeah, yeah readers hospital um i definitely watched that yeah those those are i mean more nathan fillion great yeah yeah more goldberg's also great yeah Uh, i think yeah definitely the rookie which is the nathan fillion show i do like the look of new amsterdam i quite like the look of manifest as well enemy within i think could be quite interesting just because of the, the cast involved i will watch magnum because I love the original series. I'm old enough to remember the original series. Oh. And I, despite all its faults at this point, I do quite like a Y5O. So, uh, so yeah, I think that will be one to watch. And Legacies, I quite like. I will probably watch a bit of Roswell and Charmed, but I, yeah, Legacies out of the CW shows, I think is the one that yeah. I, I really want to see. So speaking of shows coming to an end, we uh, have now come to the end of this section and uh, we're going to move <laughs> on to an interview. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The interview this week is also about a show which is about to come to an end, uh, Once Upon a Time, and we are chatting with the composer Cindy O'Connor, who is one of actually three composers on the show. She works with uh, Michael D. Simon and Mark Isham, 
who are the three composers. There's a lot of music in uh, Once Upon a Time. She's been involved with music since the age of five. She's been a composer for film and TV. She worked on the Black Donnellys, the star series Crash. She also writes musicals as well, which is she has a background in musical theatre. So um, she works in that as well. So we talk a bit about uh, musicals she has coming up, but obviously the main thing we want to talk about is uh, Once Upon a Time. Talks about the process of composing when you're sort of juggling it between three different people, favourite characters to write for, all that sort of thing. So um, here's the interview with Cindy. I hope you enjoy this. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week. Hi, Cindy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm very well. It's a beautiful sunny day for a change over in the UK. So. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. It's lovely to to have you uh, come on and uh, chat for a little bit. Oh, thank you. It's been really weird. I've been doing composer interviews probably about five years now. And up until this year, I don't think I'd interviewed a single female composer. And then this year I've had three. So. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> which, is, which is a really good sign. I I think so yes um, we, we exist we're just starting to become more known yeah yeah you start it's starting to uh, pop through which is is wonderful as said before there is I, I don't see any reason why there shouldn't be more female composers out there you just there's no reason at all but uh, I, it's so great that we're seeing more of them come through thank you for that you've worked on various things the main thing you're working on uh, well at the moment although you may have finished by now given that it's it's about to come to its conclusion but uh, once upon a time of course is the yes. thing we've been working on uh, before we get into the show just give me a little bit of background how did you get into composing in the first place well as like many composers I studied music as a kid I played classical piano I loved writing songs I actually started as a musical theater composer and ah, performer uh, I yes. studied studied theater at UCLA with thinking that I was going to be an actress but about halfway through I realized that I was much more in love with music and I loved creating characters and stories with music and as an actor you're really limited by your physicality and your mm. body and your casting type and when you're writing you're unlimited so that was much more appealing to me <laughs> that's interesting going from sort of the acting to the composing side yeah I, I guess it is it's i suppose it's a bit like being a voiceover artist as well you know where you're less limited as an actor if you're just dealing purely in sound so oh, you know yes true so yeah but i can i can see that with music that makes sense i acting into composing though is an interesting switch i don't think we've had that before so. I, I don't think i know anyone else who has done that yeah we've had people that, that have been in bands and you know that sort of stuff that have gone across into sort of composing for you know film scores and that sort of thing but I've, i don't think we've yeah. done acting across which is kind of interesting i didn't act for long but i but i started writing musicals and so and sort of came from that world from the theater world and as after I graduated from college my writing partner and I had had a show that won the American College Theater Festival <laughs> so we thought surely our, our Broadway debut couldn't be far away we said let's get some day jobs let's get some day jobs for a couple of years until our Broadway hit happens <laughs> and the job that I got was assisting Mark Isham right yes who is the composer on well once upon a time uh, he's done Black Mirror Electric Dreams Crash yeah. Cloak and Dagger is doing Many it. Other things. Yeah. And so I, I got to observe the world of film music and realized, wow, this is a fantastic world. I would love to be part of this. And I took some classes at UCLA in the film scoring program, but basically learned 
just from working alongside Mark. That seems to be quite a common way for a lot of composers to get their start, working kind of as assistants to other more established composers. Uh, it seems to be quite a good way of getting yourself into the industry. Oh, yes, it's great. It's sort of, especially because Mark writes in so many different genres. He does yeah. jazz, he does electronic music. It's a great way to sort of get your feet wet and learn about the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I'm assuming he's why you ended up first working on Once Upon a Time. Yes, well, we actually, before that, we collaborated on a show, uh, a series on stars called Crash. Yeah, yeah. Which was a spinoff of the movie. And so I started out writing additional music for that. And then the second year, we wrote it together. And so I couldn't wait for the next thing to come up. And the next thing that came up was Once Upon a Time. You've been writing additional music right from the very beginning on that show. And then more recently, you've actually, you, there, there are actually three composers credited on, on it now, aren't there, I think? Yes, this, there's also Mike Simon. Yeah. Has that been for, for this last season or was that did that happen before? the uh the sort of big change that they did the last season it's well we've we've sort of we've all been writing together since the beginning yeah or mike, mike joined us a few episodes in but now it's but it's only been official for this last season right okay yeah so how was it getting onto a show like that because being sort of based essentially around a bunch of fairy tale and disney characters are you looking to some of you know disney's a very musical thing anyway so oh, were, yeah. were you looking to any of the disney stuff when you started approaching the music for the show uh we didn't really it was it was more of just the disney flavor like we didn't want to we didn't want to use for example we had the character of ariel but we didn't want to use actual music from the little mermaid we yeah. wanted to wanted to create our own things but we tried to keep the same whimsical disney magical flavor right yeah yeah how does it really work with three of you working on it at the same time does one person sort of take the lead and then the rest of you expand on it or is it chopping the show up into sections so you do an episode somebody <laughs> else does an episode well it's well it's interesting it's it's sort of evolved over the years because the pilot mark wrote basically everything right and established the themes for all of those characters and when mike and i started on he started out with sort of our strengths he would assign me all of the beautiful emotional music and mike all of the big action cues <laughs> and <laughs> and we both said well this is kind of boring we want to branch out i i like action and mike enjoys emotional scenes so what we were have evolved into doing is we just hop on the phone every week and we split up who's doing what and whenever there's a new character mark will write a theme for them and feed it to us there's just so much music in the show every mm. week that it really does take three people plus a music editor <laughs> to do everything <laughs> it, i mean it is a very music heavy show compared to well pretty much everything else out there i mean i know there are some shows that might have you know a main composer and a secondary composer or somebody that does additional music but i mean for for three people on one show is crazy but then Given the type of show it is, and given the fact that, like I say, it's Disney and people expect a lot of music, I think, in a show like that. Oh, yeah. We're fortunate enough to have live orchestra every week. Nice. And But we're, because of union limitations, we can only record 24 minutes at the most. We can only uh, record 24 minutes of new score every week, but each episode has 40-something minutes. So we have a music editor that cuts in existing music from our library <laughs> to cut 
over the other 20 minutes or so. Oh, that's interesting. How's the music library stuff work? Is that stuff that you've previously recorded? Yes. Sort of, okay. So- and then he has he has an amazing iTunes library that's categorized that has everybody's what everybody's theme is and here's some action snippets and you know he has he has every flavor of music to choose from that we've ever recorded for the show. <laughs> that's an interesting approach to have to uh, to have to do. That must be a fascinating job for them as well. Yeah, I I bet it's a fun job. I remember when this series was starting talking to a friend who also had done a lot of TV work and he was saying what is really helpful is if you start your library of cues and make a theme index of whose theme is whose in case someone else ever needs to cut music yeah. in. So that's what we did at the beginning. We had a finale document, a page of sheet music with little snippets of whose theme is whose. This is Snow White's sad theme. This is Snow White's warrior heroic theme, that sort of thing. So you are writing individual themes for the various different characters then? Yes. Do you have a particular favourite character to write for on the show? Uh, oh, I have two favorites. I love Rumpelstiltskin and Belle <laughs> because yeah. they've, they've had such a, their relationship has been so rocky and there have been happy reunions. There have been dark, tortured love scenes. There's just been so much variety of music to write for them. I love writing for them. And I actually got to sing on one of their, on the very first episode, in episode <laughs> 112, when Rumpelstiltskin and Belle meet, I got to sing on a cue, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I noticed you've got a number of singing credits on various things throughout your IMDb page. There's there's various yeah. kind of music department singing credits. So I'm, you know, I'm assuming singing is is part of your your uh, selection of stuff that you <laughs> you do because you you fucked up on like things like the conjuring 2 i think was something you yes. fucked up on you have an an acting credit on charmed as well i noticed oh yes that was when that it wasn't actually acting it was when i was playing with pat benatar and she, her band appeared on an episode <laughs> so so nice. I, I played the character of pat benatar keyboardist <laughs> <laughs> Were you were you playing with Pat Benatar anyway at that time? <laughs> yes, I was. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so she, she used her existing band, but the interesting thing was because it was because we were hired through the musicians' union, but not through SAG. I wasn't allowed to sing, even though because it was a different pay scale. So even though I sang back up with her in real life, and if you listen closely, you can hear the backup vocals in the episode. Right. But yeah. They were very strict about don't open your mouth because <laughs> <laughs> don't look like you're singing it's not covered exactly (laughs) that's funny um so yes back back to once upon a time um obviously you you know they they went through this huge change for this latest season which uh, sadly is is not going to continue after this um but, oh, I know. Which is such a shame. But it, we, I think they always must have known going into it, it was going to be a big gamble doing what they did. Oh, definitely. I mean, it was a very brave thing for them, for them to do. And, uh, you yeah, know, it sounds like they're rounding it off well which is good because we've got the finale coming up soon because they've always kind of known that this might happen. So from the music side of things, how did things change for you behind the scenes doing the scores and stuff for this new season? Well, we had, of course, a bunch, number of our favourite characters left. Yes. So 
There were all kinds of new characters, new themes. What was interesting is this, I, I think the season was quite well written and there were so mm. many twists and so many reveals, but many of these characters, we weren't sure, not only the audience, but we, the composers, weren't sure <laughs> if they were going to turn out good or bad. Right. So <laughs> in coming up with their themes, for example, Ivy Drizella, she started out as sort of a sad character. Her mother doesn't love her. Her yeah. sister is favorite. But then as it turns out, she is a mastermind who cast the curse and she's actually quite powerful. So we got to do some interesting things, turning her theme dark and evil and big. Yeah, yeah, that must be quite challenging for you if you've written something that's quite sort of light and fluffy because you think the character's going to be, you know, a a really nice character and then suddenly turns out that they're actually quite evil having yes, to then, then transpose that the next episode and say oh okay we're going this way now suddenly everything goes into a minor key you know yeah. <laughs> exactly big instruments bring on the horns <laughs> um so i mean you mentioned that you you are recording with a, a live orchestra every week do, yes. do you have to pad any of that out with because you say they're using music library as well are you having to use digital instruments in there to kind of pad stuff out as well or is we it do yes because well mainly sort of the concept was we want as many live string players as we can because it just sounds so much better yeah. strings sound so much better with human players so yes. anything that sounds good with samples for example percussion or piano or plucked things or synth flavored things we use samples for and then we have, I think it's 24 strings. We have live harp, two oh, nice. woodwinds, and a French horn. Okay, that's cool. It's always nice when you can use live instruments on uh, on stuff, I think. It does yeah. make a huge difference. What's been the most challenging thing for you working on a show like this? Hmm. Well, the schedule is definitely a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes this again, it's helpful to have three people doing writing. Sometimes we have one episode a week and the turnaround is really quick. We get it, we watch it, we have talk about who's doing what and then there's basically four days to write everything and get it to the orchestrators so that's crazy but it's, it's crazy but it's you find all sorts of tricks to help yourself write faster and one of the main ones is you really can't second guess yourself that much on this kind of a schedule you have to just sort of grab an idea and go yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i i suppose in some ways that could be quite liberating in others it could be kind of a bit terrifying i guess it's, it's terrifying too too. <laughs> if, if the idea that you've grabbed is not a good one, <laughs> yeah. you have to go start from scratch. I know from speaking with uh, some film composers as well, I mean, they sometimes work on people that work on both and they're sort of saying yeah the problem with film composing is you can end up uh, if you've been on a long tv project and suddenly you end up on a film you can end up leaving everything until the last minute because because <laughs> you're so used to kind of doing things at such a quick pace uh, or you start yeah. writing things and end up going over it again and again and again because you've suddenly got all this time to kind of second guess yourself on what you've decided to do you know yes yes I don't, if i have a project that has a leisurely schedule i don't know what i'm going to do with myself (laughs) (laughs) so um have you got any particular people that inspire you oh gosh well in the theater world of course lin-manuel miranda who can do anything he's of course there's hamilton and all of his hip-hop and then his score to moana is just one of my favorite 
recent things. Oh, He's just yeah. a brilliant songwriter. And let's see. Also, I really enjoy the score to The Handmaid's Tale. I can't wait to get caught up on season two of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing show all round. Yeah. Who's the composer on that? I'm composer Adam Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with his music before, but I enjoy that score. No, I, I didn't know that as well. But uh, yes, according to, according to Wikipedia, it's a guy called Adam Taylor. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Adam, great job. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, you've been working in uh, on TV shows and, and stuff. Most recently, you haven't abandoned the theatre entirely, though, because you have a uh, a musical coming out called Flies. <laughs> yes. Um, which is it's not a musical about flies. It's a musical about Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's sort of a it's sort of a show within a show. It's a it's a parody about a high school that's doing an unauthorized musical of Lord of the Flies, <laughs> which Wonderful. is, of course, a, a ridiculous novel to musicalize because it's so intense and serious. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, who were you working with with that? Where, how did that come about? This is in, well, I have my collaborator. Uh, I write music and he writes book and lyrics, right. Larry Tono. We actually met while we were students at UCLA and wrote ah. a couple of things together. And we've been writing together over the years. And he recently moved to Chicago. So he's become really active in the theater scene over there. So this is a production in Chicago at the Pride Arts Center. Nice. And I actually was just there this past weekend to see previews. And they've done such a great job. The cast is fantastic. The direction is really wonderful. Awesome. So if you're over in America and around Chicago area, you can go and catch that then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've got the musical coming out, but obviously that's all written because it's coming out and uh, once upon a time is coming to an end now what have you got anything else lined up you can talk about well i'm going to be doing a live concert in the czech republic Ooh. which is uh it's through a workshop called the la film conducting intensive so we get to conduct our own piece with the moravian philharmonic nice and i would love to tell you about this piece except i'm just starting it this week <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what it's going to be about, but I'm really looking forward to it because it's it's sort great to have sort of the freedom of write whatever you want for three minutes. Nice. So this this is going to be new original work. Then. Yes, this is a, a new piece for orchestra, and we have a pretty big orchestra too. I think it's between fifty and sixty players. Wow. And People, all of the participants are film and TV composers, and we're sort of getting our live chops together. <laughs> it, we've, we, for several years, we've thrown around the idea of a Once Upon a Time concert, now that film music concerts are really such a popular thing. Yeah. And we'd love to do something like that, but there are so many things that would need to come together. So mm. in the meantime, I'm working on my conducting and live orchestra work, and it should be a lot of fun. A Once Upon a Time kind of concert has to be a kind of no-brainer somebody has to put that together at some point someone has to but I mean they have they have a once upon a time convention for God's sake yes, and the fans love that <laughs> yeah there's there's quite a few of those sort of conventions around I mean that that sort of thing doing a concert based around that I've I've done them for things like Doctor Who and they do them for Star Wars and you know those sort of things so uh, yeah they I have friends who put one together for Pokemon <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. A lot of fans show up in costume. It's people really enjoy them. So I'd love to do something like that. Oh yeah. I mean that that would be a cosplayer's dream, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. So I'll finish off with with the last two questions that we always ask people when they come on the show. Uh, first question is what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Well, now that now that I'm coming out of being in the writing cave for months yeah. or so many shows that I want to catch up on. Uh, well, I already mentioned The Handmaid's Tale season two. Yeah. I've, I, Stranger Things, I got behind on. I loved the oh, show and yeah. the music. Yes. I love that synth scores are back, having been a child of the 80s and grown yeah. up with you know, all the fantastic synth music. I'm entirely with you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, in fact, that's, I would love to do a show that had a synth score. That would be a lot of fun. Ah, yeah. That'd be so, cool. Stranger, Stranger Things season two. My husband and his boys are huge fans of Westworld. I love that show. I'm ashamed to say that I've never watched it, so I have a lot of binging to do (laughs) to get caught up with them. (laughs) Yes, yeah, we're we're a bit on robot overload uh, over here at the moment because we've got uh, (laughs) we're going to have Westworld back, and we've got Humans, which I think runs on AMC over there. That's coming back as well, so we're going to have those two on. And uh, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present, or future not a show you worked on already which one would it be it's hard to choose i would say anything that's a musical anything where i could write i still haven't done a film or tv thing where i've written songs and score ah yeah love something like that and now that tv series that have songs in them are so popular i would say something like crazy ex-girlfriend or the new show rise right yes yeah I always thought it was it was such a tragedy that Smash, that TV show that was entirely about a musical, didn't last longer than two seasons. Oh, I I loved Smash, and I thought the the songs, the theater songs, were so brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it I was it so well. Done. And then you've got things like Glee and stuff, but they tend to use pop hits and that sort of thing. So yes, they had. I mean, they're they have great interesting arrangements of things but i loved that smash had actual original songs yes yeah i mean you could certainly bombshell which was the the marilyn monroe musical they used in there you could have literally made a musical out of the music in that show yes yeah it was fantastic (laughs) yeah so uh, yeah it was such a shame when that didn't go further but uh never mind i'm sure there will be many others (laughs) well Yes, well, I I hear from Don Soler at Disney that there are many exciting things in the pipeline sort of in that vein. Yeah, I'm sure. And and Disney are going to have this whole new digital platform that they've got to fill with shows as well. So Yes, I can't wait to see what that is. Yes, me too. I'm very much looking forward to that. So, uh, and hopefully it goes out internationally and not just in America as well. So Yes. Partly because they've got a Star Wars TV show on it. (laughs) Nothing else (laughs) than that, I want to say. I have to share that with everyone. Um, so it's been lovely to have you on and uh, lovely to have a bit of time chatting I, uh, I'm i very much looking forward to the finale of the well the bittersweet finale of, of Once Upon a Time because <laughs> it's been a great show good luck with the musical I hope that goes really well thank you so much it's been great chatting with you Dave lovely chatting with you too have a great day you too bye cheers bye that was the interview with Cindy O'Connor Once Upon a Time is I think it's actually the final episode airs this week on uh, 
Netflix over here. So it's either this week or next Monday or something. So uh, look out for that. It's uh, it is coming to an end. It's a fun show. Once upon a time, I think they slightly overstretched themselves with the last season, but uh, <laughs> but, but good on them for trying it. I didn't quite manage to pull it off. I was certainly enjoyed the episodes that I saw. It's a really fun show. That was the interview with Cindy. Now we have some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So highlights for next week. Only four shows, but they're certainly four or at least three very big shows. Uh, Humans returns for its third season. That's on the 17th of May at 9pm. Very much looking forward to this. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, we interviewed a bunch of the cast members. There's interviews up on the website, written form as well, uh, from the set visit that I did last year. So lots and lots of human stuff on the site if you want to go and find it. I'm very, very much looking forward to this. Are you up to date with viewers? No, I'm not. Uh, We'll be thinking about getting into it. Definitely one you should get into. It's a brilliant, brilliant series. And I suppose it'll all be on uh, all four. Not sure actually mm. uh, you might have to go hunting for it but it's uh, it's definitely worth watching if you uh, can find it somewhere 13 reasons why is back for its second season this was a tough watch in places but a really yeah. really good show i think quite um, controversial to be coming back as well yeah i mean they they've done quite a lot of work netflix have to set up a site that has a lot of stuff talking with the cast about the various different episodes and where you can get help for things if you're suffering with uh, any issues you know how seriously we take mental health issues on the show and on the website as well it was a brilliant brilliant show i'm very much looking forward to seeing more of it and seeing what they do because i think they're actually past the book at this point so i'm hoping it doesn't all fall apart with the second season <laughs> but but yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to that 18th of may on netflix for 13 reasons why then uh, the other big show the handmaid's tale back for a second season on channel four on the 20th of may at 9 p.m again another massive series the first season of this was absolutely superb i'm assuming you caught the first season of this again i'm oh, sorry to say useless <laughs> useless well it's a bit i mean to be honest dave it's a bit of a grim prospect you know what i mean it's hard to get <laughs> hard to be like oh yeah i'll watch that that'd be a laugh <laughs> yeah no i mean it is it but it, it's absolutely superb i mean you know brilliant Moss apparently is terrific in it. Yeah, Elizabeth Moth is Moss is brilliant. Josie Fines is brilliant. Uh, Alex Bedell is brilliant. Just an amazing, amazing show. Uh, so that's back. Uh, Handmaid's Tale season two, Channel Four, twentieth of May, and Elementary is back for its sixth season. That's on Sky Living on the twenty first of May at nine pm. Uh, I do love this show. I, I know it's I know it's not traditional Sherlock, and it's certainly not the same sort of level of quality necessarily as Sherlock but as a fun procedural show I think they do a brilliant brilliant job um, I, and you sort of already not to like it when you first watch it but you, but it really it, he's so likeable Johnny Lee Miller's just brilliant does it so I'm very much enjoying that uh, but that's back on the 21st of May at 9pm on Sky Living so that's everything for this week uh, right. I don't think we need to add any more in because that's, that's, that's so much TV there so much TV there next week we may cover a few more bits of the upfront stuff uh, because there will still be things going out and changes and things over the next week so we may have some more things coming 
As for now, go and check out the website at geektown.co.uk to uh, see all the latest updates. And there, there are a huge amount of things over the last week that you can go and check there. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, you can email the podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, on an Instagram at Geektown UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.